Good evening. Buenas noches. Happy Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. So, well, um, we're going to be thinking and reflecting a little bit on in the life on the life of Jesus, and I believe that this is important during this season. We have a lot of family coming in, a lot of festivities, but I want to reflect a little bit tonight about the impact and the significance of the life of Jesus, but very specific about his birth. And now we're going to reflect only in Galatians 4, 4, uh, 4 to 7, and we will explore how these crucial reasons uh, give us the evidence and why the birth of Christ truly matters. And we ask those questions because it's important in a, in a pluralistic world with so many religions, so many people claiming that they have a divine uh, birth. So it's important for us as Christians to understand and know why we believe what we believe. So first, we want to acknowledge the fact that the Bible unity give us um, uh, reasons and evidence to validate the fulfillments of Jesus' prophecies and how when he was born, he fulfilled so many prophecies. It's so, so important to understand that when we say the Bible is the word of God, we're saying that 60, 66 books, it's not one book, 66 books, and the unity and the authors and the genre and how many things were prophesied by all these prophets in 1,500 uh, years. How many prophecies, how many things were said and how Jesus' birth fulfilled so many prophecies. So this unity is not simply the result of human effort, but it's a, it's a way of God using humankind to rebuild his supernatural inspiration and divine authorship of God. So the Bible is the word of God. We don't believe that just because. We believe it because the prophecies and the unity of all those books, 66 books, powerful. Then we also have the miracles life of Jesus and how Jesus did so many miracles and all these miracles point to the Messiah and the fulfillment of all these prophecies in the life of Jesus verified not only his identity but also attests to the divine origin of the scriptures. When Jesus was living on earth, he was quoting the Bible, not other book. This is why we read the Bible because Jesus was quoting the Bible, Moses, not the Quran, not other books. Jesus was born 600 years before the Quran. We need to understand those things and the importance of when Jesus was claiming and declaring Moses and reading the, talking about the prophecies and the prophets in the Old Testament. He was validating the scriptures. Then we have also the understanding that the scriptures are inspired by God, the divine authorship, authorship of the scriptures, the evidence that the Bible goes far beyond a merely, merely a, a, a historical book. It's more than a historical book. The unity of purpose in every message 
across generations and cultures point to the Bible's unique role as the living book, a relevant book, a transformative word of God. So you put all this together, and we're going to understand why we Christians believe and read the Bible knowing and believing that the message in the Bible will transform our life. We have that confidence in, the, in how the Bible is so reliable and how the scriptures, the scriptures fulfill all these prophecies when Jesus was born. The fulfillment of these prophecies out of this world. It's a miracle. Then we go, and just to give you some, some examples, we have the birth of Christ fulfilled the messianic um, prophecies. We're going to see Isaiah prophesying in 714. Um, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Then in Matthew 1, 22, 23, that prophecy was fulfilled. Then Micah 5, 2, but you, Bethlehem, Epatra, you are small, small among the clans of Judah. Out of you will come for, for me one who will rule Israel whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Matthew 2, 1, 6. That prophecy was also fulfilled. So this is powerful to see all these prophecies thousands and so, so many years before Christ and how he's born and he's fulfilling these prophecies. So the the fact that he was born in Bethlehem, the fact that, that, he, was, that he was teaching uh, about God and about the Bible and about all these uh, miracles and doing all these miracles, is a testimony that Jesus is the Messiah. That's why the Magi come and worship him, the disciples worship him, which reveals that Jesus is more than a moral teacher. He's God, God himself. So to centuries before his arrival, these prophecies point to the miraculous life and nature of the birth of Jesus. So when we also talk about Jesus' death, resurrection, also we see in that the fulfillment of many prophecies. Isaiah 53, 4, the prophecy of the suffering servant who would bear our sins and bring us peace and healing. And then Jesus went to the cross, died for us, fulfilling that prophecy. And you see that in the gospel. You see it in First Peter, in Romans. Psalms 16, the prophecy of the Messiah resurrection, foretelling that he would not see decay. And you see that prophecy fulfilled in the gospel. You see it also so in the book of Acts, the, the, the apostles preaching this. So if Jesus died and never comes back from the dead, then we will not be having a conversation tonight. But the fact that he came back from the dead and that tomb is empty, that really reveals that he is who he said he is. But why does the birth of Jesus matter? What does the birth of Jesus matter? What is important? What, what Jesus did for us on the cross? So first, the birth of Jesus demonstrates God's perfect timing. God is never late. God is never late. And we see in Galatians 4, it says, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman born under the law. So God is never late. God is always on time. So whatever is happening in your life tonight or whatever, whatever happens in the future, you know that God is never late. And sometimes we are impatient. But God's timing is 
perfect. And this is powerful to understand this principle. Number two, the birth of Christ offers sonship and redemption to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. And this is just the invitation that with Christ's death, now we are part of this big family, the family of God. And now we are not white or black or Hispanic or Africans. Now we are brothers and sisters in Christ. That is powerful, bringing that unity. No one is disconnected from the cross when we all come to the cross. Number three, the birth of Christ bestowed the Holy Spirit. Galatians 4, 6 says, because you are his son, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls us Abba, Father. You are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. So now we have the Holy Spirit. We all have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit testifies in our hearts that we are children of the living God, that we are part of the new covenant, that we are no longer slaves, that we are not, on, uh, we're not anymore under the law, but now we are under grace. This reflects a truth that you are beloved and you are a beloved child of God. So it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what you say to yourself. Sometimes when things are going, not, not going well, you are beloved. God loves you. You are very loved. That's the testimony of the Holy Spirit. So when things are not going well, it's time to stop everything and spend time with God. Because sometimes we doubt. It's, it's part of us being human to doubt. But then you said, am I a child of God? Am I a child of God? Am I a child of God? Because that's what happens when you are tested by Jesus in the desert. Are you a child of God? If you are a child of God. So that happens all the time. But then you have to quiet the noise and breathe. Encounter the Holy Spirit. And then you know, yes, I'm a child of God. You can get up. And keep pressing forward. Now, what is the call to action that we have? First, timing. Remember, be patient in situations where you feel doubt or impatient. Don't be impatient. Wait on the Lord with joy, with peace, knowing that the God of hope is your God. Sonship. Consider reaching out to someone in your community who may feel lonely or disconnected. Invite them to the life of your church. Invite them to connect with you, with your family, so they have belonging and fellowship, so they can connect, actively engage with the Holy Spirit. And then we position ourselves to embrace the fullness of what God wants for us in Christ, in his birth. Let's pray together and invite the Holy Spirit to testify all these truths, all these evidences. But if the Holy Spirit does not testify to us in our hearts, we are not going to receive this revelation that can only come by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the gift of redemption through your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us. Help us never to take for granted the privilege of being called your children, chosen and loved by you. Enable us by the power of your Holy Spirit to extend the same love and acceptance to those around us. We pray knowing that your Holy Spirit is here. 
In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's prepare our hearts for communion. Prophecy was foretold, and now we live in its truth. Now we live in its fruition. But we also live in this tension. <clears throat> Jesus has come. We celebrate Advent, the first coming, but we also live in the anticipation of his second coming, this already not yet tension. And the table reminds us about that. It reminds us that we have been adopted into the family of God. That Jesus, fully God, made himself fully human. And he referred to himself as son of man more than any other thing. Because he loves humanity. He loves humankind so much that he gave himself up for us so that we could experience life and laugh abundantly. And so we prepare our hearts for the table tonight. And we remember on the night that Jesus gave himself up for us. He took the bread and he broke it. He gave thanks. He said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from this as often as you do in remembrance of me. Let's prepare our hearts to come to the table in prayer. Good and gracious God, we know that we are sinners in deep need of your grace. We know that we have failed you. We know, God, that we need your forgiveness. And so now we take this time and we take this space to ask you for that forgiveness and to confess our sins. Lord, we pray that you will make this bread and cup be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we can be reminded that we have been redeemed by your body and by your blood and that we can go out into this world and we can live in that redemption and we can share that story with others that this will be nourishment for our bodies and for our souls. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit here in every heart and in this place and over these elements of grace that you have given us. And in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. We'll have four stations tonight for you to come in and take of these gifts that God offers you. This is his table, and he invites all of us. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church. You simply come and accept these gifts. I'll invite those who are serving to come and be served so we can serve others.
Oh, oh, oh. 
I lift this candle from the candle of Christ as we celebrate the first coming of Christ we are remembered of the light he brought with him a light that has a way to chase darkness like not other light where there is light there cannot be darkness we light our candles from the Christ candle to symbolize that when Christ lives with us, we then let his light shine through us. Let us sign, let us sing silent night and behold the presence of Christ shining through each of us this Christmas Eve. Jesus, Lord. 
Remember Christ, and as you go from this place, go and let your light shine to those who are far and to those who are near. Go in peace in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. But before, before you go, let's go like singing a song. I want to make sure that you are bilingual. So... Can you sing with me for a minute and make sure that this church becomes bilingual in 2023? Let's do it. Come on. Feliz Navidad. Eso. Let's do it. Feliz Navidad. You are bilingual now. Come. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. or in pieces, but go. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>